I'm going to use this platform, this giant WWE platform that is global and the whole world can see it. I'm going to use it to raise awareness and I'm going to use it to support those who are in need just like I was. Well, we advertise it as an update, so should we get to the update? The good news is, I'm in remission, y'all. So with that being said, the big dog is back! Before I go, I'm going to say it probably a whole bunch more times, but I'm going to say it one last time. Thank you so much, y'all. I love y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Let me get the mop. There's a mess to be cleaned. I'm feeling like myself again. I've come alive. I feel like you must have joined the Raw writing team this week. I did, actually. Because you cleaned up one hell of a mess. (laughs) Unbelievable. And you know what? I don't know. I feel like maybe all of the things that we criticized last week Ah. were, were actually... There was foresight and, yep. and forethought put into them because they are laying the groundwork for the things that we enjoyed this week. Yeah, in our defense, I don't think we knew uh, Roman Reigns or Batista were going to come back and be <laughs> added to the, the – but you, it makes up – you're right. There was some yeah. – some, uh, we have to be accountable, and last week we gave Raw a really hard time. I didn't think it was the greatest episode of Raw this week, but I did think, like you said, they followed up on some of our complaints, which is good to see. Well, I will say – Yeah, say it. That, uh, don't let me stop you. You know, I, we complained last week about the road to WrestleMania not having a map. Mm-hmm. That they did not have a clear direction to anything that they were doing. It felt like this everything's a mess. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? They're bringing up these NXT guys with no direction for them. Very they're, random. They're, everything's random and feels like you know Bruce Pritchard is joining the production team. Right. Uh, uh, Dave Schilling just got hired to the writing yep. team. Why are you hiring all these writers and big-time creative people at a time when... The future should be written by now. A there while were, ago. There were, there's all kinds of reasons for us to be uneasy about these things. We voiced all of them last week, of course. And then this week, man, the road to WrestleMania arrived in a big way with a big map. And we know where we're going. And it's going to be awesome. Yep. I'm excited. And for the first time in a long time, like I've told you before where I don't always watch Raw in its entirety right. every week. I might only watch the big segments on uh, YouTube or mm-hmm. go uh, and catch like some of the, the key matches that people have like gone crazy about. Yeah, that's right. Because often I work in the evening, and mm-hmm. if I come home on a Monday night, at one thirty or 2 in the morning. You don't have two and a half hours so, in front of yeah, you. It's a big ask it's to be like, let ask. me ask, let me watch three hours of TV you know what always starting con- at 2 a.m. You know what always contextualizes it for me? I can't remember if I came up with this thought on my own or if I heard it somewhere that's been like lodged in my brain. I basically watch a Lord of the Rings movie every Monday. Mm. <laughs> like, that is a fucking mammoth undertaking. Oh, yeah. But this week, I couldn't wait. Yeah. I couldn't wait Lots to do to it. To. Both Monday and Tuesday. I came home. I worked both nights. I came home, and I watched the shows immediately back, like, up, up until, like, 5 a.m. 
some nights watching the shows. And I loved doing it, which means wrestling has arrived again in a big way, and WWE is finally a product worth getting excited about. Let's start with the very top of what you said there. Bruce Pritchard is back into the fold the same week that Raw seems to have some direction again. Are you praising Pritchard? Are you back on the bandwagon? Is it something to wrestle with? I mean, last week, Meltzer said something along the lines of that, you know, at a time when they should be looking forward and trying to sculpt the future of wrestling, like NXT, copying some of the things that NXT yeah. does to be successful. The takeovers always consistently deliver. The builds are always good. He said that should be the design that they're looking at. Instead, they're looking to the past and what mm-hmm. worked before and trying to recapture that by bringing Pritchard back. I think that, at least in week one, going back to the past actually did work really well. Yeah, it's weird because we're, we've both been very vocal about bringing in part-timers, mm-hmm. and especially around the Mania season, how it could not work. I just mean structurally as a oh, show sure. this week. Yeah. Like every single segment led into the next one. Yep. Now, granted, I got to watch the show without commercials. Wow. So I, you know, How'd you do that? I watched it online <gasps> after the fact. Like I said, I came home at 1.30 in the morning and watched it. I thought you meant on cable. Um, <laughs> didn't realize we had so, to call the FBI. So, you know, the fact that there weren't any uh, commercial breaks or anything made it a show that was easy to be excited about for the full length of it because they, like, look, Every week, they always do something like, coming up next, we got uh, this guy who's walking out to the ring. But this week, it felt like the segment that was going to be up next actually started yes, that's before exactly they went to right. commercial mm-hmm. instead of teasing that it was going to start when we come back, which meant there, there was always a hook mm-hmm. to bring you back through. And there was also like a really solid through-line story of the entire episode in Ric Flair's birthday, mm-hmm. all these different cell phone videos sent in from Legends of the Past. I thought that was well. cool, actually. It was just like there was something to keep you interested for the full three hours, and Raw is often Never that. Raw felt very lively to me this week. Like mm. each segment sort of had, it was very purposeful. And I, I thought that that was, again, I didn't, I wasn't going b- ballistic. I thought SmackDown was still the better show this week. But let's, well, actually, before we get into the returns and the, all the excitement, Jamal, I just want to say that this episode of Top Marks and Other Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Fruits of Brewable Brewing Company. Once uh, again. The great Craig Tamble sent us, uh, I believe this is Bruiserweight. This uh, is the Bruiserweight. A uh, coffee sour. Yeah. I'm very interested to try. A great color. Lots of carbonation. Are you ready, Jamal? Let's take a poll of this guy. That is so interesting. I've never had a beer like that. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I, I like it. I like it, too. I'm not sure what I was expecting, though, because the sour usually has a lot more tartness, a lot yes. more punch to it. Yeah. Obviously, it's, like, grounded by the earthiness mm. of the coffee. Much like myself. Yeah, which which makes it perfect to be named after the, the bruiser weight. Uh, Craig, if you're listening, and I know you are, I would love to know, do you name the beers after the wrestler you think they'll match taste-wise? Because I do feel like this is kind of a Pete Dunn beer. Yeah, it is a Pete Dunn beer. It's got a lightness to it. Mm-hmm. It kind of flips off your tongue a little bit. It's a twist on a classic. But it's also punching you in the jaw <laughs> and doing the fist thing. <laughs> so thank you very much to, to Craig for sending us some more of his delicious beer. Yeah, this uh, is at, really good. At Fruits Are Edible on Twitter. Give him a follow and enjoy some beer for the rest of your life. JMO. Roman Reigns announced last week that he would be making a return to Raw. I think you and I had predicted, if I'm not mistaken, uh, an announcement, some sort of check-in. I don't think either of us thought he'd be wrestling at Fastlane. No, I kind of was expecting the news that uh, his his cancer was uh, on the run. And why did you think that? Because your call was was well-placed. Because, because they had also announced that he was going to be on Good Morning America the next morning. One step back from that, what gave it away to you? You said, Well, yes. He also signed on to be a supporting character in Hobbs and Shaw. And you don't really go star in an action movie if you are knee-deep in cancer treatment. In hindsight, and again, Jamo, you're the wrestling pariah. I get it. But in hindsight, I'm kind of surprised that you know, more people didn't pick up on that in a way. And I don't mean to discredit your take here and make it seem less important. But in hindsight, it does seem kind of obvious. It's like if he signed on to do this big movie. Or, or maybe it's his big, it's his, it's his life's farewell. It's a swan song. Yeah, he's going to punch a guy, <laughs> Superman punch a guy in Hobbs and Shaw. And then like <laughs> wink at the camera as he like dissolves into heaven. I've, not, not to one-up you here, but I do think <laughs> the only way to go down is there's a, a truck full of children about to go off a cliff. Mm. And he spears it head on to stop the momentum. 
momentum, yeah. killing him instantly, but getting the finish over because he stops the bus. Well, actually, he's uh, the number one way to do it is that they're driving in cars alongside <laughs> each other, <laughs> and then as the cars like reach a fork, he just takes a turn and drives off another way. Wow. Uh, while the Rock and and <laughs> Jason Statham continue driving straight, <laughs> we we'll just never see Roman yeah. Reigns again. It's been a long day. Without you, my friend, and I know I'm gonna see you when I see you again. That's not the words at all, but you know what? Wow. Yeah, what a moment. I didn't know I was gonna start crying on the show this week, but But, here we go. Yeah, so I was expecting him to be in remission, Mm -hmm. um, but I was not expecting that to mean that he's gonna be on TV every week going forward. He's got matches at Fastlane. He's gonna have a match at WrestleMania. He's back in a big way. I thought we'd still be a couple months away from that. Yeah, I I think I was in a very similar space to you. I I think I had said that I thought he would wrestle at WrestleMania, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think that Fastlane was on the table. What did you think of his reception coming in? Because I think a lot of people, this was almost more interesting than whatever he was going to be doing. Is How would he, the man who, of course, if you listen to the show, you know this, not beloved by most fan bases, almost his, his shtick to be booed when the music hit. It was incredible. Yeah, it felt it, kind of emotional. It, right? it, it was it just like the, the power of his statement was felt more by the audience reaction than what he said. Yeah, I think like, that's true. The ob- promo wasn't incredible, to be honest. Like, obviously, everyone's going to pop for... I'm in remission, y'all. Yeah. He kind of like drew out and then dropped in a very good way. Yep. Uh, But like people just being so happy for him Mm -hmm. because look, everybody knows someone in their life who's been affected by cancer. Of course. Yeah. Whether it's leukemia or like any number of different forms of the illness. I, you know, personally, I, there are people in my family who have. Uh, the the leukemia that's like incurable. Aye, so he's aye. got the different kind, obviously. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, for for uh, my aunt, it's like a long, slow, drawn out process uh. that's never going to go away. So that does affect me personally, and I'm not alone in that. Of like course. everybody knows someone, whether it's within their immediate family or a friend or someone who's you know a family member of one of their friends, for example. It's, cancer touches everyone. It really does. Absolutely. So everyone is happy because everyone can relate to this. Mm-hmm. But for me, the number one thing. When we talked about this when he went away, and I had kind of made the borderline crass comments that, like, this is actually a huge boon for WWE. This is oh, like yeah. the best thing that could have happened to them. Yeah. Because everybody is now fully on board with wanting to cheer for Roman Reigns. It's, when I say that, it's not because he has cancer or leukemia, and it's not because he conquered it and he's coming back. It's because for the first time in his entire career, he is not a product being sold to us. Yeah, that's a, He's exactly a person. It. You get to relate to him as a human being and see the real person behind this character and not a product being rammed down your throat. Like, he's this is his Daniel Bryan moment. Like, he has become relatable on a human level, which is something that he has never been before. So here's the million-dollar question, and I I don't know if we disagree on this, but do you think this stays? Does he continue with the fan goodwill that he had on Monday, or are people three months from now booing Roman Reigns? I think it stays. I think think a lot of it depends on what they do with him as well, so they need to be careful not to... I mean, there's what an... they need to do is get him right back into a title shot with Brock Lesnar at Mania. I think we both agree on this. <laughs> Adam that Seth match. <laughs> yeah, that Seth in fact bow <laughs> out because he realizes it's not his place to be in the match. <laughs> yes. No, no, that's the that's the wrong thing to do. How dare you? But but you know there is there is fear that they would do that, and it's obviously <laughs> yes. it, it's I'm I'm of two minds about it because clearly he was the champion when he left. Mm-hmm. He should have entitlement to a title shot sure uh but at the same time like you know we weren't expecting him to come back right now and the reason i think that we weren't expecting that is because there's no way you're at full strength after what you've just gone through yeah i I think this handicap match that he's in at fast lane him and rollins taking on corbin mcintyre and lashley is gonna get added to that match. do you think it ends up being a 3v3 absolutely I, I don't think it gets announced as such i think dean comes in during the pay-per-view uh is is my guess Uh, do you you know, it's funny because I would be kind of willing to just give a hard reset to the Dean thing. I really would. Mm-hmm. And just be like, okay, n- none of that happened. The Shield's back together. We sort of wanted this. Do you still think Dean Ambrose is leaving on the other side of WrestleMania? Not really. How? Oh boy, boy, will, will I look good if he doesn't? <laughs> I'm praying for the validation. I, 
it's very interesting. All of this are interesting wrinkles, and it's a good touch. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is a bad thing, but I ha- I'm very curious to see what they do with Dean. I thought they, I was happy that they didn't put the fists in on Monday. That they just yeah, sort of you can't, you it. can't go there right away. That's that's how I feel. But like yeah. the way that they shot that with them walking up the ramp and him rolling into the center of the ring behind them, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I agree. It was per- like it plants the seeds for what we want to see without giving it to us right now. Because by the way. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We're not at WrestleMania right now. This <laughs> That's is, exactly that was not it. the WrestleMania go-home show. That show had enough moments. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And apparently, the decision to have Seth and Roman even come out to make the save at all was made during the show. Oh, good call. Good good choice by them. Like, I think that after I they came back backstage after Roman's opening promo, the decision was made then, have these guys come out and make the save at later. I had so much fear in the moment when uh, Rollins' music hit that he was going to go in for the save of Dean and mm-hmm. then get beat down, and then Roman was going to come in and save both of them and take out all three heels. I was so nervous that was going to happen. I was like... Do not squander this goodwill. Jamal, can you do me a favor? Absolutely. Can you ask me if I have a message for the, the Roman Wraith truthers who think he never had leukemia and that this is a work? If you could just ask me if I have a message for them. Josh, do you have a message for the Roman Reigns truthers who believe he never had leukemia? I do not because they don't exist to me. <laughs> yeah, they, and I don't think they exist either. Uh, we know one. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, you can tell me who he is later. <laughs> but... But I like I don't I think I heard this uh, this was said by uh, uh, Shoemaker mm. on the Mask Man show this week that he feels like it's a reaction to uh, the possibility that there are fans like that out there more so than it's the reaction to fans that are actually out there pushing that and I feel like that is correct I think that that is mostly true I will show you a Facebook post by somebody we know that's going to blow your mind after <laughs> the show okay so so there you go is it someone we know who's been on the show perhaps behind the paywall. It is somebody who's okay. They ha- I'm not doing this. I will not. Perhaps on. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I will not saying a all word. All right. So we know a person like this. We need to talk about Batista before we get there, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's 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 it, as long as people are on board with Joe Anawai because yeah. that guy is cool, man. Like he was like that in ring. He's, on Monday. he's always been that guy when you put him on a talk show yeah. or you, like you do anything with him outside of the context of being a wrestler. He's always been a relaxed, cool, funny guy that I think a lot of wrestling fans would say like, yeah, that guy rules. Yeah. It's, but it's, they've it's, always failed at translating that to the in-ring character. It's true. I, I did think, and I don't mean to, to critique, you know, a comeback like he had on Monday. I did think he was trying a little bit too much to be, like, the real relaxed guy. Mm-hmm. I felt like it could have felt like a bigger moment. Like, I felt very impacted by it when he was in the corner for the spear at the end, and the crowd's with him, and he's looking around, and he starts shaking the ropes, Ultimate Warrior style, both of them, getting the crowd with him. Turns, they do the ooh-ah with him. Like, that sort of pomp and circumstance well, feels powerful as a return My to favorite me. moment, maybe of the entire show, which is certainly saying something because Raw had a lot of great moments on yeah. Monday, was, like, everybody just going... Yeah, like in the crowd getting that chant going. They created a big dog chant. Bark with the big dog, man. Like you should want to pay money to go to a show now so that you too can bark with the big dog. Or Titus. If they don't lean into that, like they are – they'd be silly not to. I think they will. Yeah, they have to because there's finally something that the crowd wants to do. And it, and they it happened completely organically. Mm-hmm. I bet you that started with like three guys in that arena, and it spread throughout the entire thing within thirty seconds. Thank God Roman Reigns did not return last week in Lafayette. <laughs> 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 he's coming back, kind of this promo, getting over things just to cricket. Yeah, he's like, okay, maybe I had I, I had leukemia. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you heard. Yeah. Anyways, here's Ricochet. <laughs> More Ricochet. <laughs> it's just terrible. Uh, Jimbo, another big return on Monday night as uh, the Blue Tista once comes back. The the world's greatest actor, my guy and your guy, Batista, back in the WWE fold and uh, playing heel against Triple H, yeah. if we're to be believed on Monday. I think that's going to switch if I'm being clear. I don't think so, man. Yeah, I, I, think I, I, I think a lot of people are on your side of this. I can't imagine 
they they do this again. I, except that Triple H is involved, which does make me believe almost anything. But no, but he, but here's the thing: is that when he came back before, he was a babyface, and everyone wanted to boom because he wasn't Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like, he, I think people do want to cheer him now because he is a very likable person. And if you haven't read it, he did a great interview this yeah. week with like the Orlando Sun Times or something, whatever the newspaper is down there in Florida where he lives, about his ambitions as an actor. It's wonderful. He comes off like an incredible person. Mm-hmm. It's a great read. I strongly recommend it. The killer line in there for me is that basically his goals are to be an actor, and not he, a movie yeah, star. He, he takes great pride in being a accomplished character actor. Which he is, folks. He like, already is. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Uh, I couldn't and, say And enough. him just, like, throwing shade at The Rock for The Rock, like, being a movie star, but not an actor. But also paying him a compliment, which I did think was true, which was The Rock was a movie star before he ever went to Hollywood. Exactly. Which I thought was a killer yeah, one. Yeah, and that's... That is bang on correct. What'd you think of Batista's promo return, the, it, the whole thing? It was awesome. Yeah. Did you pop pretty big for it? Absolutely. And the, the whole way it was shot, too. Him just dragging the cameraman yeah. with him. Uh, you know, th- they need to do more stuff like that that exposes the framework of being a television show. I feel like this is a real talking point of yours that, like, the more you can just get out of the arena and show things in a different light mm-hmm. is almost always to the benefit. It's something Lucha Underground does really well, where the show takes place in the temple and the ring is where the conflicts are solved. Yeah, but I mean, you go back to the 90s, back in the day, they were, it, uh, it was all <laughs> talking into camera. We yep. acknowledge that there's a camera here. Whereas, like, now, it's like. Whenever someone goes into the office, Stephanie McMahon's quote-unquote office, which is just a television monitor and a fern and a poster for whatever pay-per-view is coming up, and a poster for whatever like book or DVD they just put out, like, my, a lot like my office. Like they don't acknowledge that the, that there is a camera there. It's just supposed to be like we are observing through the eye of God. We're like yeah. an omnipotent presence in the in the general manager's office, which is weird. Like that isn't how the world works. Yeah. So to fully have Batista. And it came with a weird establishing shot of him like dragging this guy across the hallway. <laughs> yeah, Which, but it was great. I was, and the whole thing worked. The only thing that jumped out to me was like, did he already go in and beat him up before? Yeah, and that's... then he's dragging the cameraman to show his work because why would they do this? after a point where the music has already played a bunch of times and he was supposed to come out and didn't. I get what you mean. That hadn't occurred to me in the moment, I think, just because, like, first of all, what these dirt sheets, what a waste of time. Did one of them say Batista was going to be there on Monday? No. Not one of Actually, them. Actually, uh, I had heard he was going to be there, but I heard he was going to be there for the birthday party. Oh, okay. Um, but then I forgot about it. Gotcha. So it was still a surprise. So I don't mean to. But write... I also heard that Cena was going to be there for the birthday party, and he wasn't. There. Right. So there was a lot of misreporting. A lot of rumor has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean to rain on the parade here. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. That's not what I think the show's about. Triple H as an opponent for Batista at WrestleMania is almost as bad of a choice as they could have made for him in my mind. I get that they have the evolution story. I understand. They teased this. it back on SmackDown 1000. You're right, they and did. And that tease was really tantalizing. Like, people were going nuts for that. I, I agree. I'm not saying I don't understand why they're doing it. But if you say Josh Batista versus blank, I'm more interested in him versus blank, about 80% of the roster over Triple H. Mm. I don't see him and Triple H having a banger match, even. Like, what's the. Like, I don't know. I, I just the don't. The last un- good Triple H match was probably Ambrose, Ambrose probably, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and listen, I love Dean and whatnot, but like, I, I just don't understand why it has to be Batista I, Triple H. It just seems to me, though, that there's a good chance to do the kind of, the same kind of smoke and mirrors stuff that they did in Triple H versus You're Sting, right. which was not a good match, but it oh, was fun. I actually love Triple H It was H and super Sting. fun. I think I, I stand for Triple H Sting more than most people. I love that wrestling match. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, when you think of it the, as a wrestling yeah. match, the theatrics of it stand out, but the actual wrestling does Correct. not. And there's a good possibility that we get that exact sort of scenario here. Here's what I will say about why I do think Triple H as the babyface works. Yeah, please. It's like When I said that what we complained about last week actually did have a purpose, we just couldn't see it, that's the number one example. They brought up the NXT guys and are slating them as NXT guys. Like when... When Aleister Black comes out to the ring, he has the NXT yeah. logo next to his name the exact same way he would have in an entrance on NXT TV. Yep. It's because the only reason that Black and Ricochet and Gargano and Champa are up on the main roster right now is to babyface Triple H. Because I really enjoyed watching Raw on Monday, and when I th- step back and look at why I liked it, beyond like the big story moments, whether that's Roman or Ronda or Batista... 
the wrestling was actually quite good on the show. Well, for sure. And I know people complain about the Revival being jobbed out as the tag champs two weeks Folks, in a row. they're heel champions. Also, they shouldn't beat Aleister Black. <laughs> yeah, like, There's no way, if you're looking at like the power rankings of the importance and power of how people are perceived... Alistair Black and the Black Mass should beat the Revival yes, every time. Correct. Ricochet should beat the Revival yeah. every time. Yeah, people just want to complain. You're 100% right about but this. But I, I loved that match, and I was oh, happy yeah. about uh, you know getting a quality match on TV like that. And if I'm happy about it, if I'm happy about Ricochet, if I'm happy about Alistair Black, if I'm happy about the Revival, then I have to be thankful for NXT, because NXT yeah, sure. is the pipeline providing all of these guys that I'm like happy to see on TV, which makes Triple H a babyface because... Because he is responsible for that, and they're making that part of kayfabe now. At the flip side of Hang that, on, I got to jump in there because sure. Triple H also fully acknowledged that on last week's show. Too. Of course, it was the yeah. first sign of baby facing that he's done in ages. Where he's like, "Oh, the, talking about the NXT call-ups and how he is responsible for that and did get a cheer." Mm-hmm. So, I think you're right that that is part of the reason to baby face him. But why? It just feels I feel like deja vu all over again, where it's like. We're doing all of these things just so Triple H can get some shine at WrestleMania or at the big event. Like, Batista Alistair Black gets way more shine onto Black, and I'm way more interested in it. Fair. Um, and I I also was thinking, I made, I made this point in the chat this week, that if we're doing... What chat is that? Uh, Patreon.com slash Top Marks gets you into the Patreon Top Marks bonus chat. For, well, you can just chat wrestling with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We talk wrestling all day long, every oh day. Oh, my goodness. Well, geez, let me get my wallet out. Surely that thing will cost me... Thousands of dollars a month, but I'll take out a loan for it. It sounds worth it uh, to me. It's only five bucks a month. Are you fucking getting five dollars for that? Five dollars to be in the chat. Okay, well, I'll do that then. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, they... <laughs> <laughs> it looked like we were heading towards KO versus uh, Brian at Mania and Triple H versus Batista. Mm-hmm. I would be more likely to see. I would more have rather seen those two matches flipped. Yes, Brian agreed. versus Batista, which is super meta if they want to play on 2014, yep. which is what they seemingly want to do. And KO coming back to face Triple H would be pretty good too. Well, and also has. They have. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, there's history on both sides of that. It's more interesting flipped, of course. Given what they actually did with Owens on Tuesday, we know that that is not going to be the plan for Mania. Yes, that's right. And I am probably more invested in Kofi versus Brian at Mania than I am in, in Brian versus Batista. Yeah. What I am going to say, though, is that turning Triple H babyface is not just to face Batista. It is also because they are completely changing the dynamic of who Vince McMahon is mm-hmm. as an on-screen presence and how that plays into his dynamic with Shane and Stephanie and Triple H. That's true. And we've seen that over the course of the past... Six weeks, two months or so. And I would credit Pritchard with that, too, actually. Mm. I know that that maybe started before he he came in, but I actually thought that the way Vince presented it on Tuesday when he dropped Kevin Owens into that match instead of Kofi was even more... and and who knows? Maybe maybe Pritchard was uh, part of the the Charlotte thing too because sure. he had been in an advisory role before they officially brought him back in a, in a big way. Um, it's leaning into. What worked about Vince in the 90s was that it finally was making him an on-screen character that was a play on how people perceived him to be in real life. Yes. They are updating that, and it's an update based on the current perception of Vince McMahon. All of this is true. I agree. I'm just not into it. Like, seeing Batista in proximity with Triple H isn't interesting to me. I spent a decade watching it. Mm -hmm. Watching Batista in proximity with... Everyone else on the roster is considerably more interesting. This is a guy from another era who's come back with more star power than he's had before. Lend that to fucking new people. I agree with I you. I just don't get it. I agree with you, but this is what he wants. This is yeah. what he's always right. wanted. Uh, I guess I can't uh, decline Big Dave what he wants. And, Jamie, and, you- and, and so far, if he's had creative control over what he did on night one, then his creative control looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And we should probably give him the benefit of the doubt leading into this because what a way to come back, and it's only going to get better from here. Just know that when this is a stinker at Mania, I'm going to get on the (laughs) the Mania review show and be like, I told you this wasn't going to be good. I knew it. Uh, Jamie, you brought him up moments ago. Kevin Owens had a big week. Yes. Back in the fold. Yes. What do we think of the new look? Uh, He looks great. Yeah. The tattoos are awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's he's noticeably slimmer than he was when he was last on. 
on television. And uh, he, okay, I, I saw people. I feel like people are overrating this a little bit. I don't feel like Kevin Owens did like a Dean Ambrose transformation. No, he's I, not like Jack. Yeah, I, I felt like people were reacting in similar ways. He's, and he's still like a bigger guy, but yeah. he he does look like in considerably better. Agreed. Shape. Yes, and the tattoos are dope. So yeah. I was happy with it all around. But again, Vince McMahon coming in and and saying. You know, Kofi versus Brian is a fine match, sure, and I appreciate everything that Kofi has done, but it's not the marquee match. It's not the biggest money. It's not what's best for business. Ultimately, that's a lie because they did it because, they, like, inserting Kevin Owens now is insane if what you're doing is, quote-unquote, for, for the money match <laughs> yeah. when you've got Mania the month after. Yeah, it's, it doesn't hold up under a magnifying glass, but I actually think they made the right call here. How about you? Yeah, because this is what we always complain about when people... Yeah, they're calling we, an audible. The, when people that we like get overlooked, it's always because... You know, they don't see the money in them. There's always a better option. Yeah. They, they're leaning into the reality of how Vince McMahon books his shows. And just to be clear, we're referring to we both are under the impression and assumption that Kevin Owens is going to replace Kofi Kingston at Fastlane against Daniel Bryan, probably lose that match, and then Kofi and Bryan becomes the Mania match. Or yes? maybe there's a triple threat at Mania. And don't I could do be, it. I don't could be into it. that, though, oh. because, no, here's, here's why I think the triple threat in the women's match is good, too. Yeah. Because if we come into this as a one-on-one showdown... You know Ronda Rousey is going to lose to Becky Lynch. Sure. You just do. And throwing in a third ingredient into that mix might, like, take away the sanctity of wrestling should be one-on-one, especially for the title at the grandest stage. But it injects a wild card element to the to the match where suddenly the predictability of it is gone. But do you feel that way about Brian Kofi Owens? They just feel like a weird... I could definitely see, if you made that into a triple threat... Owens being the one to win that match and people being pissed and suddenly it's Kofi on the chase against Owens. Yeah, I I think that's a reality. I just feel like Kofi versus Brian is so obvious. Why not get around it? And I'm in favor now at this point. I would rather see Charlotte added to Becky and Ronda Mm -hmm. than one-on-one at this point. Almost a complete 180 for me. However, it needs a wrinkle. It needs one wrinkle. Which is? It needs to be an elimination match. I could be down with that. That's, That's the mania match. Elimination. Triple threat, Charlotte, Ronda, Becky. Ah, now we've got something. Now we've got something. And Triple H should be in the match, too. <laughs> well, he and would he agree with Becky you. Becky and Charlotte what to do, and they yes. attack Ronda for him. <laughs> uh, and I then mean, when Ronda is eliminated, he tells them to attack each other, and they do that, too. And frankly, because uh, he's he the cerebral assassin. Yeah. And, and anyone will do what he says, because uh, why something. wouldn't you listen to the ring general when he tells you to attack your friend? I wouldn't listen to him. There should also be a McMahon in every corner of the match. <laughs> Never give J-Mo the book. I just, I'm getting that tattooed on my arm. Triple H is with Stephanie. 2000 went bad, but... but oh, Charlotte is with Vince. <laughs> yeah, that would be right. Uh, Becky couldn't be with one. Uh, Linda. Becky is with Linda. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And Rhonda is with Shane for some reason. This because, all sucks. Because they both uh, train in jiu-jitsu. I... I hate this. Ronda, <laughs> Ronda professes a deep admiration for Shane's striking ability, which, which oh. partners them up. No, I'm well, just kidding. I'm just, throw, I'm just riffing on the last elimination main event of WrestleMania. Uh, now, I, do you think that does add a wrinkle to that triple threat? That yeah. could be, you know, because, oh, do Becky and Ronda team, or rather, do Becky and Charlotte remember their old friendship? I just mm-hmm. think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jamo, speaking of Becky and Ronda, I don't know if you went on the website, Twitter.com. This I'm week. always on the website, Twitter.com. I As live on I, that website. As am I. Uh, wow, they were uh, they were firing some shots back and forth to, I don't know if I should even say mixed response. I felt like people were very displeased with Ronda Rousey's responses here. Would you say that's an accurate thing? Yes. Yeah, I felt, I was a little surprised by the backlash because I don't necessarily feel this way, but obviously I'm on the outs with it. I was a little surprised by the backlash too because, I mean, Fastlane's coming up. Yeah! Oh, come on! <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> supposed to be an entertainment program. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deeply sorry, folks. Are you pulling up the tweets between Becky and Ronda? I am not. Okay. I'm not. Well, I'll try and recap them here for those who may not have seen. Uh, basically, Becky Lynch is doing her normal thing, calling Ronda, Ron Ron, or Ronnie. All these things where she's just continually battering on Ronda. Would you say that's a, a fair... Becky's gotten the better of their Twitter exchanges thus far, and probably still, I would agree. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Ronda Rousey responds to a... I don't know if you could say this is too personal. I wonder what you would think. I saw some people floating this idea that uh, Ronda Rousey took a photo of Becky Lynch's disarmor, where she has the arm torqued up underneath her, mm-hmm. and says, this armbar wouldn't work 
it looks like you're just grabbing the dick that you wish you had. Something to that effect. Yes. Becky Lynch responds with a tremendous Photoshop of uh, Ronda Rousey's husband, Travis Brown, who is a dick. For those of you who don't know, do a quick Google search on Travis Brown that's with an E at the end. Photoshopped onto the top of the arm. She's like, now it looks like a dick. Very funny to me. Yes. Uh, People very mad about Ronda because... Ronda responds to that by saying, Rebecca Quinn... I don't care what the script says. Next time I see you, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Yes. Uh, Tyler Breeze had a field day with that. Yeah, Tyler Breeze. Tremendous. said, oh, I guess we can just say whatever we want on here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there was a Sunday night tweet this week, that would have made absolute number one spot. And, and then he threatened easy. Luke Harper by yeah. saying, I'm going to kick the absolute shit out <laughs> of you. Did you see Harper's response? No, I didn't. Harper said... You dumb bitch. He used the word bitch. He's like, you dummy. You should at least pick with someone who's on TV, bitch. <laughs> and then he deleted it. It was such a great tweet. I, I went yeah. to retweet it from Top Marks. He had deleted it. But I thought That's that was too just bad. too funny. Too bad. Um, I, I want to be clear here that I don't have a problem with what Ronda Rousey did on Twitter. Um, Here's the thing, though. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Ronda Rousey has a history of being transphobic. Yeah. So when she makes comments derisively based on the man nickname that's essentially like basically calling Becky like a transsexual or wishing she was a man or like sure it comes off as transphobic in a Mm -hmm. way that like other people could maybe get away with this language. If Alexa Bliss said that. Yeah like yeah sure but she wouldn't have the baggage associated with saying something like that. At the same time if Alexa Bliss said that I would still be like that's a cringy and bad line. Sure. My main problem is not transphobia yeah that's what i wanted it's, to more talk it's that about. like her tweets are just bad well I, i'm i'm more curious they're the, cringeworthy what about the the breaking kayfabe i think is what i'd like to because there's three things there she says i'm gonna kick your ass mm-hmm. no matter what the script says yeah and she criticizes becky's finisher and says that isn't how it would work yeah that it's fake and yeah. she also said that the uh that the mug shots were fake right and taken in the hallway or yeah. whatever um Stop Stop exposing the business as part of your Twitter game. Protect the business, brother. No, like, seriously. Like, it's... N- How am I supposed to get excited for this grudge match if you're telling me that everything is fake? I, I'll say a few things here. I'm not as sensitive to the kayfabe breaking, I think, mm-hmm. as some people. I think in, in very small doses, I'm into it. I think of CM Punk. This isn't CM Punk talking to Triple H. This is Phil Brooks talking to Paul Levesque. And, and I, you can never run with this stuff. You can't do it more than once. You can't have the whole show be it. But her calling a Rebecca Quinn, I don't hate. Yeah. What I do Here, hate... Yeah. Hang on, i got to finish this. What I do hate is that there, she's so close to doing something I think mm-hmm. is good. Ronda Rousey is known for her tremendous armbar. She's a silver medalist Olympian in judo. She has however many finishes in MMA by armbar. There's a great feud of her saying, Becky, I will let you start the match in the disarmor. I will easily get out of it, and then I will armbar you, because I am an armbar expert. I will reverse. I've seen everything you've seen ten times over. Where did I see it? The fucking Olympics, you dummy. Go ask Misha Tate about my armbar. Go ask Sarah Kaufman about my armbar. There's the feud. Don't say it looks fake. You're you're so close, Ronda. Just I mean, go for it. Yeah, like, what has the entire feud been built around from the moment you and I started fantasy booking it as the main yeah. event of evolution? Armbar versus like armbar. eight months ago. Yes, armbar versus dis- armor this is the entire and they haven't really leaned into it not at all until this sort of which is to say that it's fake yes which is the wrong play Mm -hmm. and like rebecca quinn i'm gonna kick the shit out of you is a fine tweet Mm -hmm. rebecca quinn i don't care what the script says is a bad tweet i agree and becky called it out perfectly she said you went full russo (laughs) like there's no other way to look at that other than like Ooh, like we're, we're shooting now because you said the show's scripted, but within a work shoot, it's still like don't do that. Yeah. There's, there's, it's so easy to not do that. I wish she just would have said instead of including the script stuff. Again, she's so close to them to be good. It'd be like mm-hmm. Rebecca Quinn on site. I'm kicking your ass next time you see me. I'm kicking your ass. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't care when the match is. I don't care what show it's on. Next time I see you. I'm kicking your ass. That's very close to, I think, the soul of what she was trying to say, but she botched it. And it doesn't feed into what we saw on TV this week at all. No, that's the weird part. She lays down her belt because she acknowledges that Becky actually is the proper opponent that everyone wants to see. It's the match that she wants. And then she goes on Twitter and says that this match is a joke because you're fake and I'm going to break script and blah, blah, blah. Like, if it was very inconsistent. If you're going to tell me that I'm not allowed to see Becky Lynch at my house show because you have an angle planned for TV the week after, 
like if you're so into sticking with the script that I spent hard-earned money with the promise of seeing the champ and the champ wasn't there, you can't turn around yeah. and break script on Twitter because oh, people are talking. People are talking about the tweets. Yeah, we're talking about them because they're bad. Yeah. It, it's very tricky because in some ways – well, not in some ways. I suppose in, just across the board – after this week, my interest in that feud is up. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like, if this is stock Charlotte's market. Charlotte's doing an amazing job, Oh, too. my gosh. Charlotte's doing great. And then the, it does feel like genuine heat between Becky and Ronda. Regardless of the kayfabe breaking, I do get the sense that these two probably aren't, you know, giving each other hugs at the backstage. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's a good angle there. It just needs some some delicate touches. I feel like that's. I feel like Ronda has, like, some decent ideas. But they're just – it's like trying to paint and it's so blunt and whatnot. I – I do just want to say that the feud is hot. And I think yeah. that's – when was the last time you were going into WrestleMania with a hot feud for the title? I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a long time. I can't remember. Everything feels preordained and always. It's hard for me to, to dump on Ronda, even though I do think the tweets were cumbersome. I don't think they got the point across. But it did rise my interest. and did make me think there's actual heat. So is that a net gain? I'm willing to hear an argument that it isn't, but for me it was. Okay. Uh, let's shift gears now and talk about the New Day quickly. Uh, new Day! Because – you know, they, they are meant to feel like they got screwed. Mm-hmm. In some ways, like we alluded to earlier, the story doesn't make sense because Fastlane is not the money match. No. You should be happy that you're not main eventing Fastlane. Yeah. Like, because the real match is Mania. Vince should know that when he comes out to say that he's saving his pay-per-view. Uh, like, it doesn't really all add up. But ultimately, we are getting what we want, which is good. Kofi versus Brian. Whether it's a triple threat or not, that's a conversation for another day as mm-hmm. the story plays out even more. I will say I really actually liked what Kevin Owens did as a babyface on Tuesday. Better than the promo packages we've been seeing. Yeah, it, it, they put him in a very difficult situation. Almost impossible. Like, like I said last week, it's the Batista slot in 2014. But... He did well with it, and he got the proper audience reaction, so kudos to him. Um, and and it's, like, exactly what I said that I wanted. In the chat this week, I went off about the problem with the presentation of this new Kevin Owens character. The people who've wanted Kevin Owens to be a babyface for so long do not want him to no. be a bumbling, comedy, <laughs> schmuck babyface. No. They want the exact character that he was as a heel, except fighting for good and, like, being a nice dude. Yeah. Like, just a bruiser. Exactly. And be like, not you know, Homer Simpson. And, 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 and actually winning clean, which is something that he never got to do as a heel. Ever. And then the bell rang in the match this week, and he was exactly that. Yep. He, he won clean. He was an ass kicker in the match. He fucking hit the Stone Cold Stunner, mm-hmm. which was, you know, you, you might have a problem with. I think it's dope. That we should talk about it, now. but keep going. Um, so, so the Kevin Owens part of this is working for me. The New Day part of it, though, mm. they're, they're doing something interesting where. I mean, this broadcast was the final night of Black History Month. Yeah. And New Day was worked prominently into all of those Black History segments. Of course they would be. (laughs) And then you have the very night that's like our final video package of the, you know, Human Rights Museum tour that they went on or whatever. Also coincides with an old racist coming out and screwing Kofi Kingston Uh, out of what he deserves. Ah, yes. And... I know that people are going to say there's no way that WWE is factoring in a history of racism. Yeah. But they kind of have to, right? They have to acknowledge that they're like the Booker T Triple H feud. They have to come back to that. That there has been like a racist versus a black guy in the past and racism won. Not only do they have to, they will not. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But like, there there were sort of seeds planted for that, right? Like I can see. I can see the way we get to that, which is that, like, you know, they're leaving the ring after the contract signing. Xavier is, like, losing his mind. He's apoplectic, and he keeps saying over and over again, why does this always happen? Always to us. Why does this always happen? Like, that's why, you know? (laughs) So you should probably acknowledge it on some level. It should be a big deal that this is a black person winning the WWE title for the first time ever. That should be a a big deal. A black person has never held that title before. That should be a huge deal. All our African-American world champions were the big gold. This is a different belt. I know they, like, combined them, but technically there has never been a African-American WWE champion. And if you want this to be a big moment... To actually have this happen with Kofi, you need to play up the history of why it hasn't in the past. And racism is a huge factor in that. 
I would like to see them steer into that, to be clear. I just don't think they're going to. But I, I do agree with you that especially given the timing, I do think it's a part of the story even in a meta way. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, I was picking up on racial undertones for that, but I was also picking up on the fact that they threw the last Black History package while Alistair Black and Ricochet were in the ring together. Yeah, Alistair Black History Black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, two black guys, Ricochet and Alistair Black. Let's right. go to Black History Month, Yeah, folks. Uh, it sounds like a tag team. Exactly. Uh Jamo, I gotta be honest with you. You know I gotta be honest with you. You know I hate lying to my hashtag good friend Justin Madman Morrison. You never do it. You're a truthful man. I hate the stunner. I hate Kevin Owens doing the Stone Cold stunner. Why is that? I think okay, Kevin Owens has one of the better move sets on the entire roster, if you're asking mm-hmm. me. The pop up power bomb isn't a perfect finisher because it's very hard to pull out of He's nowhere. Not allowed to do the package pile drive. Not allowed to do that. The Stone Cold Stunner. It, it, my, it takes me out of it, seeing him do this move that not only am I infinitely familiar with seeing it hit, I'm infinitely, I've watched compilations for most of my life watching people sell the Stone Cold Stunner. Mm-hmm. If there was one, it's, is it the, it's safe to say it's the most iconic finisher ever, don't yeah, you think? Yeah. You want to say maybe Hogan's leg drop, I'd hear that out, but, but even then it At doesn't At the same like time, though, it's like a derivative move. It's, there's no, it's like a variation on the cutter. Which is the RKO, which is, you know, tons of guys have done moves like this. Oh, I mean, there's a hundred people who have a DDT as a finish on the roster right now. True. I get that. But none of those moves are the Stone Cold Stunner because no other move is the Stone Cold Stunner. At the s- and Owens doesn't need it. He's already over. At the same time, it's a babyface finisher sure. for a new babyface. Yep. And... Like, I just think there's a limit to the the creation of new moves mm-hmm. that can safely be delivered within a company that has put clear parameters on what it will allow in the ring. But of all people, why does he need a new finisher? I guess that's true. Hey, you, oh, you want a new finisher? Pop. That incredible fisherman's buster he does from the second rope. Yeah. Hey, who's complaining about that? Incredible move. And the pop-up power bomb is dope. Like, like it can be a babyface finish as well. I just don't want... I just don't think can moves be. should be... Imagine him feeding for it. Yeah, then yeah. the Irish... It would be a huge babyface finish. I just don't finish. think moves should be retired when there's a limit on how many possible moves that, that can be within a WWE ring. Would you feel the same about the people's elbow? That's different. The people's elbow is just an elbow. The build-up to it is that the rock is electric. Yes. I agree. In the same vein, I don't think he's ever going to capture whatever Stone Cold had with the stunner. But like, ever. Like, if he was doing it's the... It's not his move. If he was doing the rock bottom. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Bad. Yeah? Yeah. Why do you need to use... I'm not saying as bad as the stunner. The rock bottom is just like a urinagi, though. Like, people do a variation on that all the time. It was just a urinagi until it became the most famous wrestler's finisher. <laughs> that That's the difference. Mike's raising Mike, his hand. Mike, what, what, do you, you want the, what do you have to say? The RKO and Justin That's just, what I just said, said that. Go back this to is just, sleep. yeah, go, go back, back to yeah, sleep, idiot. That. I'm not saying, and Mike, if for those who didn't hear, said, what about the diamond cutter in the RKO? That doesn't answer my argument at all, because those aren't as famous as the... There is no comparison point for the Stone Cold Stunner. It's the biggest one. Clearly, he And wants Owens to, doesn't need it. He wants to use it, though. He's done it twice in the past, and if well, you're going to yeah. use it, it should be the finish, which is what Stone Cold complained about when he was on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, say, Put some stick which was like it. the <laughs> most charming exchange that Stone Cold has ever had with anyone Talking on the podcast about the finisher. Yeah. So good. When Owens was on and they talked about the stunner, it was like the greatest thing ever so you know i have no problem with it but i can understand your your i i see where you're coming from i'm just you he know, doesn't need it I, I why should no one ever do the stunner again why should you never see the stunner ever again because i don't associate it with wrestling i associate it with stone cold steve austin and i'm always going to and you're lying if you're not always going to okay. when you see him hit it you don't think stone cold no i don't but also, i yeah i do but also like my favorite wrestler had the pedigree for his finisher for like a year and a half before they let him do you the curb stomp again. It, it was horrible, Justin. <laughs> it I was mean, a terrible no, period of joy. The, 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 the one where he, where he beat uh, Roman at Money in the Bank, the, the running from spear the spear into the pedigree, yeah. incredible. Yeah, you're right. One of the great it, finishes ever. It plays off the spear great. I'm saying him using the AAA, I feel like that's to my argument, not yours. When he finally got the curb stop bap, people went fucking mental. I'm just saying, like, if he, if somebody had the pedigree as their finisher, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't want to see that move go away. But again, it's not the Stone Cold Stunner, and nothing is. Okay, fair. Jamo, are you ready? We're never going to agree on this, so we may as well move on. You know what? Why don't we just discuss it a little more? Why do you? <laughs> no, Jamo, I think instead of doing that, I think you know what we should do. Which is? Why don't we get into the, uh, listener, Malik! <laughs> <laughs> 
before we do that, oh, can I just do a quick rundown of the WrestleMania card with sure, you? Sure, please, yeah. Because I feel like it kind of clicked into view this I'll week. tell you what. You pitch them. I'm going to give you one-word an- one reactions to each of them. Okay. I just I, – what I was trying to do, basically, was create a list of what the card tentatively looks like because I would love, more than anything, for Andrade – and Ray oh, sure. to have a match Who on the card. It. They fully deserve it. It would be super dope. And uh, and, and like I I, de- I desperately want to see that match be a one-on-one match on WrestleMania. So I give me the card. I got my out my pen and paper and I put together what the card looks like. I'm wondering if we had room for this as a singles match. Here, and I don't think we do. This is my answer to keep it or kick it. I'm going to give one word reactions okay. to each each match on JMO's proposed prediction WrestleMania card. Here okay, we, we have number one, Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda for the Raw Women's title. Yes. Number two, Rollins versus Lesnar for the Universal title. Wow. Number three, Brian with Rowan versus Kofi with Big E and Woods versus possibly Owens in brackets for the WWE title. Hmm. <laughs> Triple H with Stephanie versus Batista. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. <laughs> the Miz versus Shane McMahon. Kinda into it. Okay, we're at six matches. Oh wait, that's kind. Okay, sorry. My answer to that one is just kinda. Okay. Uh, I had this down, but it might not happen now, given that we found out that Tomasa Champa is uh, he has all jacked. Is, is dealing with an injury at the moment. But I had written down because I assumed that they would try to recapture some NXT magic: the Revival versus Rudin Gable versus DIY for the Raw Tag Titles. Love uh, the Armbar. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, the Women's Armbar, which I've taken to calling it the warm bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, bad. Number 10, Asuka versus question mark. Smackdown women's title. Well, can we just take this opportunity to talk about the fast lane match? Yeah, what is it? It's Asuka and Mandy Rose for the Smackdown women's title. Oh, that could be good. Mandy pinned her a couple weeks ago. If that match is good, Man- I will. Mandy's, Mandy's not bad, man. Yes, she is. She is bad. No, she's not. She is. That match was bad on TV. And so was the women's chamber that she was in, and she was the worst part of a bad match. No, th- Go back to the Rumble where she was, let me check some notes, also bad. I think there's potential there. <laughs> Anyways, that's not going to be her mania opponent. We don't know who it is. Maybe yeah. it's Lacey Evans. Asuka sure. versus Lacey Evans. Smackdown women's title. Yuck. Match number 11. The Usos versus Rusev and Nakamura versus The Bar versus... Champa and Gar, or, or rather, uh, Ricochet and Alistair Black. Bummer. SmackDown tag title ladder war. Love it. Uh, the yeah, the Hardys should be in there. Sorry, the Hardys are definitely in there. Yeah, ladder match mania. Uh, twelve. Oh my lord. R Truth with Carmella versus John Cena for the U.S. title. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked what they did with the Cena thing in R-Truth this week. Yeah, and if it leads to a match against Cena and Cena puts over R-Truth, I could be super on board with that. I'm not disagreeing with anything except him and Cena at Mania. Does not. <laughs> no thanks. Well, it seems like where where else is that leading, you know? Uh, to a match on television where Cena gets the U.S. title back. <laughs> uh, we've got Buddy Murphy versus the winner of the Cruiserweight uh, Tournament. No. That's definitely going to be a match that happens on Mania. It'll probably be on the pre-show. Though. I was just saying no to my feelings okay. on it. It's definitely happening. Number yes. F- match number 14, <laughs> Sasha and Bailey versus question mark, possibly Trish and Lita, women's tag title match. Yeah, first defense. Yes. Match number 15, Finn Balor versus question mark for the IC title. Shit. That could be a multi-man match where you sneak Seems a bunch likely. of guys yeah. in. That's my prediction. Uh, Roman Reigns versus... Baron Corbin, maybe? Mm, Drew McIntyre. Or Drew McIntyre? Whichever one is not in the Finn Balor IC multi-man? Uh, That's match number 16. Ne- needs improvement. <laughs> match number 17. Oh, my Qu- God. How many fucking matches? Question are- mark, question mark, question mark. Undertaker? Question mark, <laughs> question mark, question mark. Pass. <laughs> match number 18. Oh, my God. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Dean Ambrose? Question mark, question mark, Maybe question it's Am- mark. Put them together. It's Ambrose Taker. So. You heard it here first. Like, ultimately, 
That's a big fucking card. Yeah. And I am assuming way too big. as a result of that, matches that I want to see, like Andrade versus Mysterio or Joe versus Mustafa Ali, will take place inside the armbar. Jim, are you ready for a little listener mailbag? I am. But I'm sad a little bit that there's no room for Andrade versus Mysterio because I think that they would burn it down. And I think it would be like a very much establishing moment for Andrade. Put them on the takeover. But maybe he just wins the armbar. Oh, that would suck. That would absolutely bum me out. JMO. Yeah, you think they're in there instead of John Cena? They can't hear Mike. Don't respond to him. <laughs> you were the fucking blogger. They just did that match on Tuesday. Why would they do it again at Mania? <laughs> Terrible call. JMO, we got to get to the listener mailbag. We sure do. You want to say it in a funny voice? Listener mailbag. And our first one comes to us this week from Tyler Paracy. It's at Ole underscore tiles, and he asks. What kind of steak would you cook for Otis if he came over for a barbecue? Oh, you know what I'd do? Tell me. I would uh, I'd, I'd let that thing soak in like uh, a little bag that I filled up with rosemary oh, I like and okay. Guinness. Oh, little okay. Guinness, little rosemary, soak a steak in that bad boy for about an hour or two. Yeah. And then fry that up. Hell of a meal. I'd give him raw chicken. <laughs> I like Otis. So do I. <laughs> uh, I would give him a, a bone-in ribeye. Uh, a little kosher salt on the top, fried in just a little bit of butter, seared Chicago blue. I bet you Mr. Steaks and Weights would appreciate me for it. And our next question this week, J-Mo, comes to us from America's sweetheart, Matt Rainus, the Top Marks 2018 Most Powerful Listener of the Year. And he asks, it's at Matt Rainus, and he asks, you're Vince McMahon. No, I'm not. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one, pal. No Way Jose kidnaps Linda McMahon and threatens to kill her if you don't make him universal champion by mania. Book this. To save your wife, I think you could turn. I think you could turn No Way Jose. I'm not saying Universal Title tier, but he is such an upbeat, goofy gimmick that if you did do like a shaves his head heel asshole gimmick, I think mm. you could kind of get something going there. What do you think? I mean, the the long fantasy booking uh, from Way Ting. No, uh, on that other. Podcast. I think you mean No Way Ting. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no Way Ting. Come on, has long wanted uh, to see No Way Jose become like a Pablo Escobar, <laughs> like like drug kingpin style character. And if you serious him up like that, then he could be taken seriously because, like you said, he's a big guy, a big dude. Yeah, like his punches should pack a wallop. There is a universe where, like, No Way Jose, not with that name. I mean, the real problem is his name is No Way Jose. Yeah, there's I mean, no that's... way Jose is getting over with that name. I have a problem with this question, though. No part of me wants to save Linda McMahon. If No Way Jose is killing Linda McMahon, I'm watching this on pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm not... also, if I'm Vince McMahon and the, it's like, save my wife... <laughs> I hope she dies so that I can uh, finally go after Trish Stratus like I've always <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> Jim, our next question this week comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. It's our guy. It's Doug, Doug Crap. And he asks, which wrestler would you sign to a 13-year contract? Kevin Owens. Yeah, who's, who's going to be good a long time from now? How old's Owens? Do you know? I can look it up right now. I feel like you got to go youth for 13 years. Uh, give me Matt Riddle. For 13 years. Not a lot of wear and tear on the body. Reasonably new to the business. An athlete. To, although I suppose that MMA career and wrestling. Uh, Kevin Owens is 34. Give me Matt Riddle for somebody that signed to a 13 years. Feels like he has a big upside. Could run with a while. I'll, I'll take Matt Riddle. And you're going KO? Uh, yeah. Until he's 47. I think he could be uh, a useful guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I think, again. I mean, Batista's 51, I think, now. Batista's 51? Yeah. And he's going to wrestle Triple H? Yeah. Well, Batista got oh, into wrestling no. late. This is bad. He, he he said in that interview he, like, wasted his entire 20s being a bartender or a bouncer or whatever. Oy, oy, oy. Uh, Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from my nemesis. It's Mocha only was in Len, which is something I think you know. He was not. Well, he he was. He was. Yeah. yeah. He That's stole fun. our sunshine also. <laughs> he sure did. It was light when we started doing the show, <laughs> and it's since gotten dark. It is. It's I very beautiful. I can only assume it's because Mocha only stole our sunshine. Come on, Mocha. What are you, some kind of coffee or something? <laughs> okay. Because the... Because of coffee, yeah. Kingston. And well, no, because... Mr. Coffee. The mocha is a... Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no. he only... Yeah, he only drinks mocha. <coughs> Never drinks coffee. Yeah. Not even a coffee sour from Fruits Are Brewable. Yeah, that's a good bit. Uh, Jim, he asks, <laughs> which character from the Muppets universe, meaning okay. Muppet, Sesame Street, or Fraggle Rock, would make the best... Fraggle Rock, by the way, what you said was a slur. Did I say? Did I forget the R? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, what are you going to do, folks? <laughs> well, that's it for my career. It's been great knowing you all. 
suppose I'm sunk. Well, Mike, you want this headset? I think I'm canceled. Oh, my Lord. Well, not good. Oh, boy. I'm shook, j anyway, What do I do? What was the question? What about the Muppets? I'm just moving on to the next question. No, no, no. no uh, which, which character from the Muppets universe, Muppets, Sesame Street, or Fraggle Rock, there we would go. make for the best world champion? <sighs> the best world champion. This is easy to me. It's Big Bird. Oh, Big Bird is world champ. Cal, I, I don't think yours is a bad answer. He's not mine, but I get what you're saying about Big Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the name, in my mind, you know, a very clever guy, just go Big Turd and boom, he's ruined, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the oh, thing. Oh, that's like Big Cass. Uh, well, Big wow. Ass. Yeah, wow. Comes out of the Big Ass. Come here for the insults. <laughs> big Turd. Uh, I go Fozzie Bear. Ooh. Physical pr- charisma, presence, a good promo. And he says he's a coward also, so he'd be a good heel. Absolutely. Champion. Waka, waka, waka. You know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm going Fozzie Bear there. And I can't wait for J-Mo to edit out this question. What, what was the other? There's another Muppet that's like a, a man in a full suit. Oh, uh, Snuffleupagus has like multiple people in it, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Are there other? Where, where's Kermit in this discussion? Uh, he's too small. He's, he's the yeah, cruiserweight champion. Cruiser. Yeah. I'm coming for you, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> he's going to win the cruiserweight uh <laughs> He's going to start telling you to clean your room. <laughs> yeah. He's going to win the Cruiserweight Tournament. We'll see him at WrestleMania. <laughs> Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from at Cullen the Comic. It's John Cullen. And a lot of murder questions this week as he asks, Murderers have kidnapped your family and are threatening to kill them unless you perform a Shane McMahon stunt. Which of the following do you do? Mm-hmm. The Titantron Slam. The Titan-ton, Titantron Elbow Drop. The Hell in a Cell Jump. Suplex off the ladder through the table on the floor, or the flying choke slam through the announce table. Because flying choke slam seems like the easiest bump to take. But could you do it? Could I do it? Because you can do the hell in a cell jump. You can do it. Yeah, I don't know that I can survive it though. Well, the the hell in a cell one is a crash pad. That's true. It's not so. It's a great question. It's, it's, you could kind of make a case for any of these except for the Titantron elbow drop. I think that the, <laughs> the, the, the Titantron drop, the, the one where he gets hit by Steve Blackman and yep. falls, that's probably an easier crash pad to land on than the cell jump. I think so, but it's not on your terms. The, the Hell in a Cell jump, he gets to stand at the end and choose when he's doing it. I guess, but no, the drop is his terms. He does take the hit, but he also just pushed himself off the thing. I guess that's true. Is that your answer? I don't know, because it still seems like one of his crazier stunts ever. The two we can eliminate off the get is suplex off the ladder, through the table, onto the floor, mm. and the Titantron elbow drop on Big Show, right? Those are just off the table. Yeah. That, that He looks like he died at the... Mm-hmm. I think I might actually go Hell in a Cell just because the crash pad. But the crash pad is the announce table. Yeah. So you're really taking a risk that you're going to hit this thin strip. I'm not saying we have a great chance here one way or I the other. I think the crash pad is larger and like there's more plausible room for error within the drop off of the Tron. Gotcha. So I'm going to go with that one. And it's to sa- it's to save my family from assassins? Yeah. yeah. That's a leap of faith. I'll do it. That's what I like to hear. Jamo, do we have time for one last question? We sure do. Then you're a lucky boy, Ryan Schapp, as our next question comes to us from at Chat Top. It's from Ryan, and he asks, In the nonsensical world of WWE, are we supposed to believe that Kevin Owens earned Vince's respect by headbutting him in the head so hard? Because why else would he be put in this spot? Well, he wanted he wanted AJ to fuck him up a yeah. couple months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's how I read it. So I, I say uh, to that question, uh, absolutely yes. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they asked us to forget about it either. Byron brought it up on commentary. Yeah, that's... So, yeah. you know, I think there's more wrinkles to this story to be told in, in weeks going forward. But, you know, yeah, I would say that he probably... Because, like, the whole... His whole thing was running him down for being a pussy and a coward. Yeah, that was uh, wow. Now we got to edit you out too. Unbelievable. This well, is... that, I mean, I'm using Vince McMahon vernacular. Uh-huh, That's not yeah. how I would describe oh, a coward. I... I would never say that about a uh, person because I respect women. Well, that makes <laughs> one of us, <laughs> and also men me. who are cowards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> respect them too. Uh, <laughs> Jamo, we'll do one more quickly under the wire. Just give me a name. It comes from us from I Stan Lorkin at E underscore Prime, and he asks, with Harper being the most obvious choice and brave, this is why I don't pick your questions. Don't give away the answers mm-hmm. of the question. With the Harper being the most obvious choice and Bray being a close second, who would you add to Debry's stable of eco warriors? 
Who cares about the environment? Who would who would work in the sphere? Uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah, that, I think we said this on a couple weeks ago. My answer is also Sami Zayn. Feels like he fits in both physically as the middle guy between Rowan and him. Feels mm-hmm. a high flyer role and also ethically ro- runs with it. Yeah. Jamal, that's it for our questions this week. And Sami Zayn apparently ready to come back. Just needs an angle. Well, that is uh, great news for me if you're asking me, which you are, and I say that's great news. Yeah. Maybe he'll be in the arm bar. <laughs> or the warm bar? Yeah. I doubt he'll be in the warm bar. Well, Santino El- might be, though. El Generica. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on in there. Jamal, that does it for this week's episode of Top Marks. How did you feel about it? I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, for uh, not a rushed episode, but one on oh, a yeah, time. Yeah, we, we got a, we got a time crunch here, so if we didn't answer your questions, it's because I got to go to work. Yeah, don't I, don't I don't need to hear it, you know? I, uh, frankly, I don't want to. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. Uh, Jamo, your your uh, neighbor is uh, just, I think, waved. That was an interesting thing from the glass and then mm. went away. Not to us, but stood at the window and waved, but we're so high up, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, they're waving right now. I uh, see. Very, very bizarre. Yeah. It's eye-catching. Jamo, if you're hearing our voices right now, Rate and review the show on iTunes. Give us a share when it comes up. All that fun stuff. If you want to support us in other ways, you can always head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. All and that good stuff there. And we there. do have a Money in the Bank 2011 Patreon donor episode coming soon. Yes. We just didn't have time to do it in the shortest month of the year. So yeah, that's right. We're too busy celebrating Black History Month. And until next week, stay hot. Stay spicy. And stay tasting great. Because you're Korean. What? 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 Titus Worldwide! Sorry, I was thinking about how to make a a joke about Ricochet and Aleister Black there, and then I realized I was forgetting to do the Curry Man thing. Oh, that's okay. I feel like I I was... I covered you there. So yeah, you to did. Speak. You yeah, did. Sort of a powerful vocal talents from yeah. I mean, the hey, janitor I, over here. I saw you brought my nickname back. I was. Yeah. I should have told you this off air. I, the people they started to say they don't like the new one. Yeah. I was going to ride it out till episode 100 and then return. Oh, really? As the janitor. I'm sorry. I no, did, no. I heard the complaints, and because I am the authority now. Right. You thought we're. We're, we're all the other exactly. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought I would give the people what they want because that's what the new era of WWE is all about. It's giving the people what they want, and I they want so. the janitor himself. Yeah, and they want Vince McMahon coming in to <laughs> change all the plans on a whim because it's what's best for business. Yeah, I hope if you're hearing this right now, you have you. Uh, did you see any movies this week? No. Did you? I saw Arctic oh, with Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, your guy. Which is different from Polar with Mads Mikkelsen. I think they're the same movie. No, Polar is a Netflix movie where it's like he's yeah, he's the in jo- the Arctic. It's a John Wick ripoff. Yeah, yeah, he's in the he's Arctic. He's hitman who all these other hitmen are, are coming to kill. And yeah, he yeah, kills yeah. them all. Same movie. No, Arctic is a one-man show basically. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's like a, a survivor of a crash mm-hmm. in the Arctic. And it's it's a it's a very sparse movie. Like it doesn't give you any information. Okay. You're left to infer a lot of things, which I actually really liked. Would you say it's worth seeing? For sure. His performance is incredible. When it hits the Rio International, I will do it. He barely speaks at all. He oh. he only has one person it's to like act a- across from, and she's like, uh, you know, a crash survivor who's di- slowly dying, oh, and he's carrying her on a stretcher across like the northern. Well, this reminds me a lot of uh, something I did back in the past. But well, let's save that for another episode. Until yeah. next week. <laughs> Great movie, though. I loved it. Check it out. Arctic with Mads Mikkelsen. Goodbye. <laughs> Titus Worldwide.